You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. I want to give you, before we dive into it, I want to give you a scripture to help you. Up on stage, I don't get political. I don't like talking really about current events. What I like talking about is Jesus because it doesn't matter in the good times or the bad times or whatever's happening. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still in charge. So it's my job as your pastor, as a pastor of the church, to continually feed you by faith what the scripture says. So no matter what happens on the outside of this church, on the outside of this building, you have Jesus inside of you. So whether it's good or bad or ugly, God is still on your side. Holy Spirit is still inside of you. And he will lead you and guide you in all truths and tell you of what's to come. And so we weren't here last week, so I didn't have the chance to encourage you to vote as your American right. And whether you enjoyed or hated the last four years or you're excited or terrified for the next four years, I just want to give you some scripture to help you walk through this season. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says this, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it's possible, and it completely depends on you, do your best to live peaceably with all men. We're not going to agree on everything. Thank God. Don't want to be friends with robots. We're not going to agree on everything. But if at all possible, from your side, Pastor John and Pastor Eric uh, have, have a saying that says, if there is a bridge on fire between you and someone, Throw water on it as much as you can as you walk away from it. Do everything in your power to maintain that relationship. Keep your integrity. Keep your honesty. I have seen some, some very uh, close friends and family and church members from other parts, not y'all, that are saying some really crazy things on social media. You've seen it as well. And if at all possible... Live peaceably with all men. The second scripture I want to encourage you in as your pastor is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. This applies to all things, but it fits in right now in this time. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth in the very beginning stages. In verse 10 he says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that, you, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now Paul in this moment, in this scripture, is not talking about a presidential election. He's not talking about what's happening. What he's talking about is that we, as the church, as the body of Christ, speak the same thing. And that's that Christ and Christ crucified, that he died for your sins, he was buried in a tomb, and he rose again. That that be the theme and the message of the church. It does not change no matter what's happening out in the world. We believe and therefore we speak and we encourage people that God is good and that God does good things. And so I want to encourage you as a body of Christ, as a member of the body of Christ, to let's stay with a same mind, a same heart, and a same goal is to encourage people even when they're ugly, even when they're saying something negative against us, that we tell them and remind them that Jesus loves them. 
leads me to my next announcement, the next tomorrow night from 6 to 8 here in the church, we're going to have a night of prayer. If you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're happy, if you've got stuff going on in your life, now would be the perfect time to pray. Yes, you can pray wherever you want, however you want, but I want to make it at least once a month. We might expand it depending on how much y'all enjoy to pray to this Monday from 6 to 8. And just come sit in, read your Bible. We have worship music playing. Maddie will be playing and singing. We have some music playing through the speakers. We just sit in the presence of God, pray, talk with Him, give Him time to speak with us, read our, read our Bible, get filled up, and then we go home. If you want to come for an hour, if you want to come for 30 minutes, try and make it a priority once a month to come and pray. So this Monday, tomorrow, 6 to 8. Love that baby. Lord, calm her down. She loves her mommy. Before I dive into the sermon, I want to show you uh, a video. This is from the, uh, the memorial service. And Pastor John uh, never had the opportunity to come here and see the church, and y'all never had the opportunity to hear him preach. But this is a five or six minute video that they put together at the beginning of the memorial service. I want you to know that my pastor loved Jesus he loved his wife, he loved the family, his family, he loved the local church, and he loved rock and roll. And you're going to see at the beginning and the end him playing his guitar, and then you're going to hear some of him, uh, him preaching as well. So we're going to, do we need to turn the speaker on? That's what I'm talking about. I love my wife. Let's see if this thing works. Put her outside. Oh God, 
Would you come? Would you show up? No, he's already in me. I brought him with me. He's going to show up when I show up. He's going to show up when you show up. Because he's in you. God does not dwell in, dwell in the houses. He dwells in people, in your hearts. This is a great mystery of the, the revelation that Paul has of Christ in us, the hope of the glory. And then you beat the devil not, 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 not ten ways, one way with the word of God. Jesus showed you how to fight. Quote the word of God. Quote the Bible. Somebody says, well, I'm waiting on a rainbow word. The rainbow word just means spoken word. If you want a rainbow word, say something from the Bible. Speak it out. You get all the rainbow you need right there. Just saying it with your heart, with your own mouth. If you say it with your mouth, your heart will believe it. If you want people to give, you must give. We pray way too much about money. I do not have to beg my father to provide for me. Mm -hmm. You do not, have to beg, do not have to beg God to provide for you. That's his job. Your job is to hear him and obey and be a giver and see time and harvest will kick in for you. Just being obedient to God, you get, you get what you need. You don't have to pray for what he's already promised you. You don't have to beg your father to, to give you what he's already given you. You need to understand that the father got satisfied with the death of Christ. He saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied, Isaiah 53, 6. He saw what Jesus did and God called the blood of Jesus. And that man, that last Adam, the payment and reconciliation of all mankind forever. There will never be another need for a sacrifice. That one finished it all. Glory to God. Faith is a standard for those who follow you. Believing is not about the head or the eyes. In fact, we walk by faith and not by. It seems like, it seems like sight is the opposite of faith. We always say fear is the opposite of faith or, or uh, unbelief is the opposite of faith. I say sight is the opposite of faith because sight is how unbelief and fear get into our lives. I believe this for a fact. You have to monitor what you hear. Monitor what you say with all your heart. Keep your, keep your heart with diligence. You see, you can, you can repent, but that's just going to change your mind. Faith, faith is a, a matter of the heart. you got to get faith in working in your heart. That's what changes things. The Bible is an old school book. Don't forget. But a very present help. If God has given you an opportunity, then you are able, well able, to, to overtake it. That's my pastor. I love him dearly, miss him dearly. A faith-filled man. If you want to watch the rest of the sermon, you can find it on YouTube. You can ask and we can get it to you. Great man of God. Now that I have about 12 seconds to preach, which he preached enough right there. I want to talk about what I've been thinking about 
is what legacy, the title of my sermon is what legacy should we leave? At the funeral, at the memorial service, there was over a thousand people there. Different churches from all over. They showed it online on the Bible school's website. They live streamed it. They said there were over 3,000 people that tuned in and watched. This was another live stream of Pastor John's daughter's church. Has already over 700 views. This man impacted and touched people literally all over the world. And as I stand here at 34 years old and with a family and with children and pastoring a church, the question starts arising in my mind, what legacy would I like to leave? What legacy would I like to experience going forward in my life? And what legacy would I like to leave to this earth, to this church, and to my children? And the scripture we're going to talk about today is Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. Ultimately, I want to leave a legacy of faith. And if we want to talk about leaving a legacy of faith, then we need to go to Hebrews chapter 11, which is the Hall of Fame, the faith chapter in the Bible that talks about all these men and women of faith. And we need to talk about the father of faith, our father, Abraham. We're going to start in verse 8, Hebrews 11, verse 8. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. In order to leave a legacy of faith in your life, I believe the first thing that we need to leave a legacy of is obedience. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. That as soon as he heard the voice of God, he obeyed. As soon as he heard the direction that he was supposed to go, he obeyed. But how he obeyed and why he obeyed, he was told to leave his father's land and go somewhere else, to a strange foreign land. That's not now, that's not that big of a deal. I've moved, I lived in Louisiana my whole life, I moved to Dallas, moved back to Louisiana, moved back to Dallas, and then moved out here. Threw everything in a U-Haul each time, and have driven, but back then, he was leaving his inheritance, he was leaving his father's land, he was leaving what was comfortable to him, he was leaving what he was used to, what he knew, and people who knew him. And it shows in this scripture that when he heard and was called, he obeyed. That we leave a legacy of obedience in my life. That people, when they hear the name Jeremiah Land, they think he obeyed God. He heard God's voice, and he obeyed and listened. It wasn't like Jonah heard the voice, and ran the other way. He obeyed when he heard. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, this is Jesus speaking. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That word keep also means obey. 
Jesus, as he's speaking to his disciples, as he's speaking to a group of people, he says that there is a blessing attached. Blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but they also obey the word of God. That right now, in this moment, we are inundated with the ability to hear the word of God when it comes to preaching, when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to the availability of buying the scriptures, you can go to Walmart, you can go wherever, you can buy it online, prime shipping, two days, you can have a Bible in your hand. The availability of hearing the Word of God is all over the place. There are people in this town, in this county, in this state, in this nation, in this world that are sitting in the same seats as you and they're hearing the word of God and they're going to walk right out and they're, not, they're going to forget everything that was said and do whatever they want. But not you. Because we know that there is a blessing attached to those who hear the word of God but also obey it. That we leave a legacy of people knowing that not only did he hear the voice of God, but he also obeyed. That listen, a majority of the time when God speaks and encourages you to do something, it's just like Abraham and it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be something outside of what your flesh wants to do. Go and talk to that person. Go and give of your time. Go and give of your finances. Up and move. Go here. Do this. Do that. When I was graduating from college, August 15, 2008, God spoke to me and told me the loudest and the strongest I've ever heard God speak to me to stop the path that I was on and to pursue a different path and go down the path of ministry. And I had a choice right then and there. I could have continued on and done what I wanted to do, made a career for myself. One, I would have never met my wife. She would have never met me, let's be honest. Would have never met my pastors, my mentors, would have never had the experiences, and chances are I wouldn't be standing right here if I would have chose that other path. But I listened and I obeyed and started going down the path of ministry into Bible school and becoming involved in different ministries, and it was uncomfortable for someone who is not a fan of public speaking for God to say, hey, you know what would be a cool idea? Why don't you do some public speaking for the rest of your life? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. Pushes me outside of my comfort zone. But I've been blessed because of it. Because I've said yes to him, I have seen that blessing that Jesus has spoke of. That every time I've said yes, I have seen, I've seen increase in my life. I've been blessed in my life in many different ways. So we need to leave a legacy of obedience that for the rest of our life going forward, when we hear God speak, we obey. And that people recognize and realize, one, that person, they hear the voice of God. 
And when they hear the voice of God, they obey, which draws people to you that you can help. The second legacy that we want to leave is a legacy of blessing. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. Still talking about Abraham and Sarah, verse 9 says, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which was foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That we see Abraham, who has Isaac, who also then has Jacob, that we see this generation after generation that's happening that was given the same promise that their daddy and their grandfather experienced. Because of what Abraham tapped into, because of what he believed, because of the covenant that he made with God the Father, he saw generation after generation after generation receive the same promise and the same blessing that he had. That I don't know where you come from in your family, if you're a first generation that has been saved, first generation that's in church, first generation that loves God, hopefully you're not. Hopefully you're a byproduct of your parents who grew up in church and loved God and served Him faithfully. Hopefully you're a byproduct of your grandparents or your great-grandparents. My parents were really the first one on either side of our family to truly serve God. Both sides of my family in Louisiana claim that they're Catholic and attend Catholic Mass for funerals and other times. But my parents met God, got saved, encountered God, got filled with the Holy Spirit when they were in college and decided that they were going to make church a priority, that they were going to make God a priority, that they were going to make reading the Bible and teaching us a priority. And that got passed down to me and my, my brothers. And now we have the opportunity to pass that down to my children. That we see that same promise, that same blessing that was on my parents because they made a decision to serve God passed down to us, who I am now passing down to my kids. That the Saturday before Easter of this year, my wife had the opportunity to lead my son in the sinner's prayer, and get him prayed and saved up. At the day before I turned four, August 27th, 1990, my mom had the same opportunity of leading me in the sinner's prayer in my bed to where I got saved, that we see the blessings and the benefits and the legacy before any of us pass away already being passed down. Just like we see with Abraham, the same promise is afforded to his child, and his children's children. What I like, though, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 31 through 32, this is Jesus speaking. In Matthew 22, verses 31 and 32, Jesus says, But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. That Jesus, all these years later, is still talking about the promise and the covenant that was made with Abraham. 
and that was passed on to his children and his children's children. Which gives me hope and gives me excitement to know that God still knows me. God still knows my name even after all those years. And God still cares about my generations going before me. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. Lord bless them in there. This is a scripture that we as parents, that I'm walking through right now, Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, or she, and when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. That we leave a legacy of blessing, and it starts with training up our children at a very young age. Remember, Abraham takes his son up to the mountain to sacrifice him because God told him to. And Isaac, at that age, asked his father, I know we're going to sacrifice to God. I see the wood, I see the fire, but where is the sacrifice? Which means Abraham had sacrificed to God many of times and at a young age had already been teaching his son the importance of sacrificing to God. He had been there before, he had experienced it before, he knew what all needed to be done, he had heard the prayers, he had experienced things with his father, and he was trying to put two and two and two together, and Abraham said, Ma, don't worry son, God's going to provide. And boy did he. And we see him training and teaching his son, and it gets passed down to Isaac, who then passes it down to Jacob, that we train up our children to have a legacy of faith, to believe God over our circumstances, to remember the importance and the, the importance and the power of the Holy Spirit and the opportunity for supernatural things to occur in the natural at any moment when God is on your side. The third legacy that We need to walk in and leave for our future. Hebrews 11, verse 11. By faith, Sarah, Abram's wife, herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. The third legacy we need to leave is a legacy of miracles. Abraham and Sarah's Bodies were old and in their minds rejected. To have a child, to have a baby at 99 and 100 years old, Sarah literally laughed in the face of God and said, that's not possible. But it says that she believed. Look at what faith does. It changes your story. It says that she laughed in the face of God in Genesis. But in Hebrews 11, the the book of faith records that Sarah judged him faithful who had promised. That Sarah, Sarah and Abraham experienced miracles throughout their lives because they trusted in God. They trusted in his promises to them. Her physical body was in no position to have children, but when the supernatural intersected with her natural body, then the miracle occurred. That we leave a legacy of miracles in our lives. 
that when a miracle happens in our lives, we tell our children, we tell the generations and the people around us to let them know that God is still good, He still does good things, He still does miracles, signs and wonders for His people. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18, we see Jesus as He's about to leave in the Great Commission, and He says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And these signs will follow those that are believers. That everywhere I go, miracle signs and wonders follow me. One of the classes that I got to teach on Wednesday morning at the Bible school is called Healing and Miracles. And I gave a short teaching on the Word of God and explained some things in the Scriptures. And then toward the end of class, I started telling them about miracles that had happened in my life. I started telling them about healings that had happened in me and my family's life. I talked to them about when I was a baby and was having ear infections, and God healed my ears and moved my ears the certain angle that it needed so that my ears would drain so I didn't need tubes. I talked about financial miracles when I was unemployed back in Dallas and didn't have a job for 10 months. Maddie wasn't working and we had a less than one-year-old baby in the house and there was always gas in my car. There was always food in my fridge and my bills were always paid somehow, some way. I wish I would have written it down on how and where that money came from because at this moment I have no idea how we survived for 10 months. I talked about how last, well not last year, it was this year, feels like last year. Earlier this year, we got furloughed. I was furloughed for two or three months with the company that I work for throughout the week. And during that time, we started praying and giving, and we gave more in those two months of being furloughed than we had given that entire year. And how we saw the faithfulness of God show up and that we were able to look at our finances and get in a better place to where we paid off $16,000 worth of debt. It's nothing that I did, it's a miracle. I talked to them about the miracle of what happened with Maddie as we had this second child and was able to have Eliza naturally. I got to stand on stage and talk in front of students and tell them about your miracle of being healed from cancer. I stood up there and told this class, and it was awesome for me the night before as I was preparing this teaching to go through my life and think about the miracles, signs, and wonders that had followed me my entire life from being born to where I am now, to see the hand and the provision of God, and that my son and my daughter and this church and the people that I come in contact with will know that because I am a believer, because you are a believer, miracle signs and wonders have to follow you everywhere you go. You are a miracle worker because of who is inside of you. And that I remind my children, and they remind their children, that as they go throughout life, this is what God did for you. This is what God did for our family. This is how God protected daddy. This is how God healed mommy. This is how God showed up in your grandparents' lives. That they know 
that there is a legacy of miracles that have been established throughout the years and it continues on with them and it continues on with you. And the last legacy that we have, and I'm finishing with this, is verse 12 in Hebrews 11, verse 12. It says, Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. The last legacy we need to leave in our lives going forward is the legacy of replication. That we see through one man who is almost dead reproduces many sons and daughters, which is a great representation of Jesus as well. Jesus talks in the book of John There are these Gentiles that want to speak with Jesus and Andrew brings these people to Jesus and they say, hey, these Gentiles, non-Jews, they want to talk with you. And Jesus starts seemingly ignoring them completely and just rambling on about a parable and he starts talking about, he says, if a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it will come back and reproduce many heads or many pieces of fruit. And I'm sure the disciples are looking at him and looking at the Gentiles, saying, well, that's, that's what you got. So uh, go move on now. That's what Jesus said. If you came and asked me a question, that, oh, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk with you. And I said, well, if a grain of wheat dies and falls, and it bears much fruit when it rises. Okay, well, appreciate that. But what he was telling them was as soon as I die... There are going to be many, 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 many multitudes of many Jesuses, including you Gentiles, being born in this earth. Just like Abraham, the father of our faith, his body is all but dead. But there was one seed remaining that was replicated to now he is the father of the faith of the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Jesus dies and is buried and is risen from the dead and goes up to the father and now he replicates himself in us by putting his spirit inside of us which is the same legacy we need to do going forward in our lives. That there are people all around you. There are family members all around you. There are children that you have or that you will have that we need to replicate like us. Look at 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 1. My last scripture. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 1. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. The entire church is reading this scripture in the churches in the surrounding area of Corinth. And Paul makes this statement. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. That I teach my children to imitate me, not the bad things. Lord, please don't pass the bad things down to them. But imitate me as I follow Christ. That everywhere we go, we leave a legacy of replication. That people look at me Look at my family, look at our church, look at you, look at your family and your life, and they say, I want to be like them. There's something different about them. I don't know what it is. 
It's not about what church you go to. It's about what's inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the light of the earth. It's the salt of the earth. That they say, I see something inside of them that I want to see. There's something different about their family. There's something different about their kids. There's something different about their finances. There's something different about how they handle stressful situations, good situations, bad situations. There's something about them that I want to imitate. And then you have the opportunity to leave a legacy by telling them, it's not me, it's what God's done in me. I've read this book, I've believed it, I've stood on the Word of God, and I've seen it shown up in my life. You too can experience that. You can imitate me, but imitate me only as you see Christ imitating through me. That we teach the next generation how is the church going to thrive? How is the church going to survive? It started with the older generations. It started with me sitting with Pastor John and sitting with Pastor Eric and these older men of the faith and them telling me about the goodness of God and what God showed them throughout the years in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And telling me God did this and God showed up here. And you can have a good marriage. And you can have kids that love God and can serve God and they won't run away. You can have whatever ministry you want. And seeing God be faithful in their life. And I said, I want to be just like them. I want to be as close to God just as they are. I want to study and know the scriptures just like them. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want to be remembered as teaching people and replicating Christ in me, the hope of glory in my family and friends around me. As we go forward in life, learn to leave a legacy of obedience. Obey immediately when God speaks, even if it's uncomfortable. Leave a legacy of blessing. The scripture says that you are blessed and you will get an opportunity to be a blessing. That as God blesses you, it's such an honor to be able to pour that blessing down to the next generations. The last two, leave a legacy of miracles. Whether you like it or not, signs, miracles, and healings follow you. Whether you ever tap into them or not, if you are a believer, miracles follow you. And they're ready and willing and waiting on your voice and waiting on your command for miracles to happen. And finally, leave a legacy of replication. Tell somebody about God. Tell them about who He is and what He's done for you. And encourage them to do the same. Tell your children that God can start using them and flowing through them and speaking to them at a young age. The other day we, were, we woke up in the morning and Noah was already awake. And we, uh, we went and we have a sunroom in the backside of our house uh, where he has his toys and where he does his school. And uh, it was a train wreck the night before, and we woke up the next morning, and it was all clean. And Maddie said, what would you do? And uh, he said, oh, I cleaned up the sunroom. And she goes, why did you clean up the sunroom? It's early in the morning and all that. She said, he said, well, Jesus told me to clean the sunroom, so I went in there and did it. And at five years old, to see the evidence of us teaching and training him at a young age, he'll say things, he'll do things, He'll want to he'll do something. I'll say, why did you want to do that? Or why are you singing that song? Well, Jesus told me to sing the song, so I just started singing it. I said, okay. Good job, buddy. But there's a blessing attached. Be encouraged. 
Start thinking about your legacy and passing it on to other people. Don't wait till you're on your deathbed wondering and hoping and thinking, well, did I do right? Did I? No, no, no. Let's start preparing and moving and leaving our legacy now in listening and experiencing God. Amen? Let's stand up. Father, we just thank you today for the opportunity to think about our legacy and what we're going to do going forward. Father, I thank you that your scriptures can help us and encourage us to be better people. That you have completely restored our spirits. You have taken us from sinner to righteous. You have encouraged us to be holy. That you are on our side and that you're faithful. Even when everything else is faithless in this world, you are faithful. And Father, I ask you to speak to us this week on how we can leave a lasting legacy going forward. How we can leave a legacy with our spouse, how we can leave a legacy with our parents, how we can leave a legacy with our children or our grandchildren, that they see Jesus working in us. And that by us being obedient now in this time, that we are sowing seeds for a great harvest, not just in my life, not just in my children's life, not just in my children's children's life, but my future generations will be blessed because of the seeds that I'm sowing in the relationship that I have with you right now in this moment. That I hear at the end of time, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That that is my goal, that is my focus, that is my job, that is what I do from this point on. No matter if I'm in ministry or working out in the world or whatever I'm doing, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is the legacy that I want in my life and what I want to hear when I walk into heaven, when I bring my family, when I bring my church family, when I step up in front of you, Jesus, I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because of the legacy that I have prepared while I'm still here on earth. Father, I ask you to be with your people today. I ask you to be with those that aren't here for whatever reason that you bless them. For those that are watching online, so those that are listening by podcast, Father, that you bless them in whatever season they're in. Father, I ask you to help, heal, restore, and recover whatever's going on in your people's lives. Father, I ask that the Lord bless them and keep them and cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them and bring them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tomorrow night, prayer night from 6 to 8. If you can't make it, we will see you next Sunday. God bless you, family. We love you, and take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC, and have a great week.